Hey, everybody, before we get started, it's Jonathan here, and I just wanted to apologize in this episode for some of the audio. We were recording at Tony's place, and a lot of times he was turning away from the mic to point at stuff in his kitchen. So you might hear him fade out a little bit, and that's why. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 44 of the Northwest Method Express. I'm Jonathan, and I'm with Tony again. Hello, Tony. How's it going again? It's going very well. And as promised last week, we are going to uh, go with Rambling Episode Part 2. Yeah, but they, so you, they think that the last episode was last week? Yes. Even though it was just like yes. six, six seconds six ago? Six seconds ago, yes. That Colbert, right? The Colbert <laughs> show with the Johnny Parson, they did three in a week. Yeah. Or, yeah. What's up uh, on the... Monday, they did the Monday episode and the Friday episode. Oh, really? Right? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. Letterman used to do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but way to pull the curtain back, Tony. Now, well, I'm more Brechtian. <laughs> Sorry, I let people know how things are done. I'm a teacher, that's, 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 that, that's what I do. There you go. There you go. So, so now, I, now I feel naked. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're not. <laughs> and and with that awkward moment passed, yes. What else did you have on your list? Well, uh, we talked about in chapter one of the one on one storing ingredients and smart strategies, and yeah. I I think that's something. I mean, we we did a lot of conversations about this. We had mm-hmm. a lot of conversations about this, even with people who or experts in ergonomics. Yeah. And I remember how how we set up our kitchen at the school yeah. evolved based on what students yeah. were, you know, the suggestion that students were giving up, yeah. you know, little things. Chef, you know, they, you know, it's hard to get those spices. It would be nice if they were on a, a scrap because right now they're just random and they're behind a, a drawer. Yeah. I go, well, yeah, that makes sense. Just these, all these little, I, 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 I think it's about 40, 50 little things that have been suggested by students because they, they're the ones that have to go and fetch things all the time. And they understand when, I mean, they get it when something is a bit more convenient. Sometimes we don't see it because we know where we put things yeah. and we know how to get to it, right. how to flow to it. But they made suggestions that that absolutely makes sense. And, you know, the, the tendency with most people's home kitchens is to keep it neat and tidy. Yeah. That is the tendency. Now, you don't want to have too much lying around. You don't no. want it to look too messy. But you had mentioned that. You have to know how to use your drawers and your cabinets yep. your, and your wall space. Yep. I think wall space is really important. Yep. And your counters. you got to know how to use your counters. One of the suggestions made, if you're going to build a new house, I, I don't know what the standard width a is. 24, I believe. Is it 24? Yeah. Make it a 30. Yeah. That, those extra six inches are amazing, especially well, when, if you yeah. have cabinets above you. You know, those six inches are, are priceless. When we talked to Allison in the previous That's right. one of the previous podcasts, right? I mean, Allison Kent, who designs, you know, kitchen spaces, that's one of her big things is transferring commercial dimensions into the home. And, you know, a 30 inch counter makes a huge difference. And I think that's what what works really well when people have islands. The reason people love islands is because islands are a lot wider than traditional counters. Yeah. And you know, in the in the apartment that we're renting right now, it's it's a, a new condo. But the, what they've done is it wasn't intended to be a full counter space for working on, because it was the flip side was 
uh, a stooled seating area. But what I do, it's 36 inches, and I use that whole space for for when I'm doing my mies. And it works out so so much better because it's 24 inches on the flip side of it, right? So Well, and speaking of your mies, that means that in your kitchen, you have to know where to put your kind. Yes. And their cutting board becomes the, the center point. Yeah. So when architects talk about designing kitchen, but they're architects, they're not necessarily cooks. There, there are fully triangles, the fridge, the sink, and the stove. Yeah. While to a cook, the, the, the holy triangles, the sink, the cutting board, yeah. and the stove, the yeah. fridge. The fridge is once things come out of there, I think I like your, it's just furniture. That's, yeah. that's your line, just furniture. So the fridge, actually, many restaurants, the fridge is not even in the kitchen. Right. You have to go, you know, you take a, a, a trolley or whatever, go get your ingredients, bring them into the kitchen. Then the fridge is, is history. Yeah. It's all about your station after that. Yeah, so setting up, having your tools, the, the key tools you're going to use all always nearby. Yeah. If you're going to use a, a, a um, I don't know, a RoboCool. Like a food processor. A food processor a lot. Yeah. Keep it out. Yeah. Rather than having it somewhere buried in a drawer and you have to bend down to get it. Well, a lot of new kitchen builds, especially cabinetry, have those deep pull-out drawers. And I, I, we've so, got one in our place, and the food processor is there. Yeah, the blender is there. Those, those are amazing. Uh, the toaster is there. So those yeah. are three things that you. Well, not so much anymore because my wife got a new fancy toaster, and she likes to have it out. But it's you know things like that that you're you don't necessarily need all the time, but they're literally, a you know, a ten seconds. Pull out, open the drawer, lift it out. Yeah, and if you use your air fryer a lot, oh yeah, out. keep it out because if you have. Just the idea of having to lift that out of a drawer sometimes yeah. can be enough to say, oh, I don't feel like it. Yeah. It's yeah. just amazing. The excuses will, will gravitate towards not to come. So you eliminate those excuses. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that for a lot of us, when we talk about mise en place, so often we talk about mise en place being just the ingredients that you're using to cook. But mise en place, I mean, literally just means set up yeah, right i mean right. it's yeah. everything in its place so everything in its place is your equipment is your easy access you know we always use robert belcham as an example a, a local chef here in vancouver big man but you always talk about that story when you were at one of his, his first restaurants where well, he actually was his first restaurant they had on his yeah. own yeah. and how you watched him when he was moving in the kitchen and he was just literally gliding in the kitchen so efficient he didn't look like he was working yeah and how much he could produce yeah. in, with his efficiency because he knew where everything was. Everything was ready for, for him to be able to execute. And he had built that kitchen to exactly his specifications. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, what else you got? Well, might as well stick on mise en place because okay. that's, that's what you were just talking about with Robert yeah. Belcher. And, you know, it's, it's so important. Yeah. It's one of those... I, I talk about it as an unsung skill, but I, of all the skills that we focus on, we focus on with our pro students. I think in the first, especially the first four weeks, it's always about mise en place. Yeah, you know, make sure you're choreographing yourself and setting up your station properly. You're not, you're not doing your head. Your head doesn't have to be on a swivel to see where things are. It's right in front of you. I mean, you talked about your experience at uh, Rain City Grill yeah. when you were doing your practicum, yeah. which was at that time one of the busy restaurants. It was. 
Well, I mean, the crazy thing about it was not only did on a regular evening where we turn the restaurant over twice and there was probably, you know, 70 or 80 seats in there, but we also had a fish and chip window. And that fish and chip window was really popular because this was a high-end restaurant. And you go up to the window and you don't know what your fish and chips are going to be. You know, the fish might be sable fish. It might be halibut. Mm. It, it could be literally whatever it is because we used to make it out of the trim of, of whatever was on hand. So we, my fifth night of working there, it was a Saturday night. And in Vancouver, we had something called the Celebration of Lights, which is a fireworks display. And where... The restaurant was was right down, <laughs> right, right down, right down yeah. in, in, and and we can get two hundred thousand people downtown right. Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. So not only did they turn the restaurant over three times that night because they were open until eleven thirty, but we we sold over two hundred fish and chips out of the window. So I got a chance to work with the executive chef of the restaurant group. He wasn't our executive chef or the chef de cuisine at our restaurant. He was the executive chef for the whole group. And it was an amazing experience because he was another one of these. He actually trained Robert Belcher, who we talked about before, but he was the master. And he just stood beside me the whole night. He knew that I was new. We, you know, he taught me how to efficiently shuck oysters. We did 48 dozen oysters that night. He, he told me how to efficiently move and how to use the kitchen design that he helped set up. Mm. And it was, you know, when you look at it, it was a very narrow, long yeah, kitchen, small, small. very small. I learned so much just working with him about being prepared and, bring, and being set up and having my mise en place exactly where I needed it. So I could reach very quickly to whatever I needed. And that reduces stress. You were talking about the whole idea of the biggest stress inducer in any professional kitchen is the ticket. Oh my goodness. But when you start to hear them fall on the counter is one thing. And then you start to hear them fall on the floor. Yeah. And that's when, you know, it's, yeah, it's stress inducing. And the first thing that, that Chef Robert said to me was, don't worry about it. Deal with what's in front of you. You're prepared for yeah. that. Until, until something else gets called out, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Deal with what's in front of you. I, I still have nightmares. That, that machine and the nightmare is that there's no mise en place. Yeah. There's none. Yeah. So I still have to have nightmare. I would say once a year, uh, I was talking to Alana about it. Yeah. She says she has it about every six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's, there's that nightmare. And there's also the nightmare that everybody still gets. Do you still get the nightmare of going to school? Oh, yeah. To, I'm you can't find your room to the yeah. exam and all that. And you don't have any shoes or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 I always have shoes. I never had the shoeless thing. Yeah. But I did have, I do have where I can't keep my pants up. I have no zipper, no belt. There's nothing to keep my pants up in my nightmare. For, Freud would have something I, I to say about that. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he would. I think he would. So is yours a very specific building? So for me, it's when I was at the University of Victoria, and it's the Cornette building. So anybody that's ever been knows that this building is a maze. So for me, it was always... Not only was I late for the exam, not only had I not studied, but I'm walking through this maze. And I, ironically, the Cornette building is also where the psychology department used to be. Yeah. So the, I'm pretty sure that they designed it for the maze. But it's you, so you just walk around a corner and it's it's not where you need to be. And then you have to go back and you have to go down another corner. And yeah, it, and it's always whenever I have so, you know a high stress Wow. Well, for me, it's when I was in McGill in engineering. Yeah. Because I dropped out of engineering. 
but I didn't tell my dad about a year later. I went to the drama theater, and he yeah. didn't know until the year. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and then those engineering buildings were old, yeah. very old, and I can't find a room. And even if I did, I would have failed the exam because I didn't study for it. Yeah. I was, I was already tuned out, so it's a double nightmare. What else you got? Yeah, we talk about how olive oil and balsamic is made when we talk about sure. quality of ingredients. We actually talk about salt. And people need to know about these fundamental staples in their in their kitchen. At one point, I think Warren talks about flour, yeah. different types of flours for making breads, pastries, yeah. bleach versus unbleached. But all, olive oil and vinegar is very specific because those are those are important staples, especially when we get to Italian cuisine. And I, again, there's there's I I, I I like I like not that I like giving people bad news, but it, boy, the Italians make it easy, right? Yeah. Especially with balsamic vinegar. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, it's just a lot of nasty stuff out there. And people need to know how things are made yeah. so that they can appreciate quality. And in cooking, you can't hide behind cheap, cheap ingredients. No. No. Cheap tools, cheap ingredients, they're not going to lead to good cooking. No. But there, there's knowledge out there that's, that you need to get when it comes to certain things. Like olive oil to me is very, it, 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 I, I use it all the time. Yeah. By the way, here's the thing. I love olive oil, but I also love butter. And butter is another one of those yes. ingredients that's really lousy. Like if it's not, it doesn't say cultured butter on the yeah. package, you're getting, you're not getting real butter. No. You're getting something that's actually closer to margarine. Yeah. But it's not, but here's the question I have okay. for you. Butter or olive oil? Wow. I mean, probably I would need to go butter only because of its versatility, because if you do things with it, you can actually give it a high smoke point. You know, I'm, while I don't mind oil on bread, if, you know, if I was eating bread, butter is still a little bit more. Yeah, I think I would have to go. I would have to go butter. I, I would say the same. Yeah. Yeah. Even though Italian background, especially Southern Italian. Yeah. My mom, I think I had one stick of butter for a month and it was only used on toast. Never cooked with butter. But I, I had parquet. French parquet at home. You had parquet at home? Parquet. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. I know. The spreadable parquet. You can't believe there's no butter. No. <laughs> Who was it? Uh, Fabio? Fabio, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did that commercial. Didn't he get hit in the, hit in the yeah, face by a seagull? Yeah, I know. He was on a roller coaster. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow, I should have done that ad. No. But. <laughs> you come up and <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's. It, I think so much in, in growing up in the seventies, we were inundated with things around the unhealthy aspects of saturated fats. Yes, yes. So things like butter. Don't eat. Don't eat butter. Yeah. Don't eat. Don't eat red meats. Yeah. Don't you know? And and all these different things where you know don't eat. Don't eat full fat yogurt or or, yes. or oh, yeah. homogenized or drink homogenized milk. Yeah. I you know, and it's I don't know. I, I, I've told you the story many times about, you know, Rita and I, <laughs> Well, I'll share this with the people out there. So my wife, I think after our second child, we went on a bit of a diet and she went from homogenized, we went from homogenized milk, which we only use for cereal yeah. and whatnot, right? Um we don't drink a lot of milk, but you know. Homogenized, which is 3.25% fat. Yeah. So you went from that to 2%. Fat. 
And I said, okay. And I didn't, I didn't argue, right? And then a little bit later, she said, I'm going to cut the calories by half to go to 1%. Well, you're not cutting, cutting the calories by half. You're just cutting 1% milk fat for growing yeah. out loud. Yeah. But now this starts tasting a bit more like water. And I put my foot down. And we have a marriage agreement that once a year, you can put your foot down and the other person has to just accept it. So this was early January. <laughs> she says, I'm going to 1% milk. And I said, no, I'm putting my foot down. We're going to stick to 2%. And she goes, okay. And I realized she duped me. She made me use my foot down no early in January over milk. She, so she screwed me that we just would that's why to this day i i detest i detest one percent milk. just the idea of one percent i will i will be i will defriend defriend somebody that i know that drinks one percent skin milk is okay two percent but if you drink one percent milk i don't want to be your friend anymore see that was my my mother's ultimate sacrifice so she did she let my dad and i have two percent milk but what she would do is she would drink skim milk because she felt like she needed to, to yeah. have skim milk because she wanted to lose weight, but she wasn't going to impose that mm. on the rest oh, of us because wow. I think she knew that my dad and I were wow. both. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, lemon or lime? Oh. See, I love lime, but lemon is way more versatile because yeah. you can you can... A lot of what you can do with lime, you can do in different aspects of lemon. So you can do cuisines from all over the world with lemon. Could mm, you do Thai with lemon? You, 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 Vietnamese with lemon? You, you, you could. It would, Mexican it, with lemon? You could. What I'm yeah. saying is, but would you put, would you put lime in a pasta alia olive? No, I would just not put lime yeah. or lime. But but that's the, but that's see that's the <laughs> thing. I can't imagine Asian if, cuisine or even Latino without lime. I I know what you're saying, yeah. but what I'm saying is I could do it. Well, it's your choice. What no, 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 no. But I could do it's, no, but I could do whatever you want. But it's you're your, judging. I, you're, you're on an you're, island. It's your choice. You're judging me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you're it right. would be optimal. What I'm saying is that if I had to have one or the other, yeah, okay. Because if I was just drinking club soda, yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's lemon or lime. I like lime better if yeah, I have yeah, club yeah, soda. Yeah, lime is right, but I, the, versatility, the versatility within dishes is... Yeah. When I was in Montreal, yeah. where French and Italian cuisine was my go-to, I would yeah. say lemon, moved to the West Coast, where I was introduced to so much more Asian yeah. ingredients yeah. and Asian flavors. Even when I... You know, even with Middle Eastern yeah. flavors, I like lime. So yeah. I, I'm going to say lime. Yeah. I like the limes. Actually, I like both. Yeah. Honestly, both are fantastic. But yeah, I'll tell you what switched me from lime. I don't like uh, limoncello. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know what? Limoncello? I don't like it anymore. Mm. Something happened. I don't yeah. Know. But the last time I had a, a, a sip of, of that, I said, oh, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> So I think I got turned off by the limoncello. Yeah, well, and and with with limoncello, I think we will bring a close to episode forty-four of the Northwest Method Express. And I was Jonathan, and not I was Jonathan. I am you Jonathan. You still are. <laughs> you are. You're no longer Jonathan. <laughs> and you're Johan. I Johan, and I was with Tony. Tony, <laughs> and we'll see you next time. A pepper or chilies? Oh. 
and chilies. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you wanted to find out more information about the school, you can check us out at nwcav.com. Or if you want to find out about our online courses, you can go to the northwestmethod.com. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.